Hello, one and all. Welcome back to another thrilling and engaging and uh, excruciatingly, uh, maybe something, insert adjective or verb or noun or whatever part of speech is there. Uh, another episode of Main Education Matters, the podcast, us, where we follow the goings on and shenanigans and tomfoolery of the <laughs> Joint Standing Committee on Education and Cultural Affairs at the Maine Legislature and also occasionally from the Maine Department of Education. Mm-hmm. My name is Matt Druett Card, and with me, I'm Courtney Bolin. Hello, everybody. Oh, it was a week of work sessions. Work sessions are their own kind of crazy, <laughs> yeah. crazy, super interesting. I yeah, think so it's like you the learn public, a lot. Yeah, like the public hearings are where you hear like the crazy from the outside. Yes. And then the work sessions is where the crazy comes from the inside. Yeah, yeah sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's like, it's, I'm still, I'm having this this year. So this is my, I don't know, third year or so paying close attention to the legislative process and what happens in ed committee. By the way, and that's three more years paying close, that I, more than I've paid. Well, <laughs> I have not paid close attention in the last three years, and that's proof of the podcast. You've been paying closer attention because you're listening and I'm listening, so no one else has to. So we do do that. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Um, but it just like the whole the sense of it, like this is just people figuring stuff out using formal processes to do so. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's all it is. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to watch. And I am in awe of uh, legislative analysts. Hillary sure. Rissler is beyond amazing what oh, she does. 100%. 100%. Wow, is all I have to say. Just, well, I would love to get her on and just talk to her about her job and how she got to it and is, is, is what I see her doing, what all of the analysts do. And it just, it, so anyway, so we're going to work on that. We're going to work on getting, getting Hillary to come talk to us about being a legislative analyst because, whoa. That would, that would be great. Uh, we have not had good luck with that in the past because okay. she's a little bit concerned about the image and the crossing the, uh, whatever the, that word, that phrase is, that I'm not conflict of interest. That's the one. See, that's the one. Yeah, I, that's fair. That's fair. Just and and I, and I think that's really fair. But it's also like, uh, but the the legislative analysts there. This is where they get to shine. Yes. And and you get to really. This is where the learning really happens. The public hearings are the opportunities where they you know the public people get to come in. They get to say whatever they want to say about the bill, and they can literally right. say whatever they want to say. And yep. while they're saying it, the legislators sit there and listen and they say, thank you very much. They can ask questions. Yeah. The work session, that's where it's like, all right, so that's what everyone said over here. Here's what's really going on. Here's right. what the law says we can do. Right. And here's why we can't do what they're what? saying you want. 
<laughs> a little bit of that came up this week, <laughs> but and and just cross referencing statute research into what statute in other states says for different bills and different proposed ideas is really it's 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 amazing. Um, and then something else I'm, I've learned, or maybe I had heard this, but I feel like I really understand it this year. Mm -hmm. The revisor's office. So there's a whole other entity that's in charge of actually writing the bills, right? So a legislator might say, hey, I have this idea, here's my draft. But then the um, revisor's office puts it into the legal language. And they sometimes just make decisions which about right. language and wording that completely changes the intent of bills. I mean, that's so the thing. That has been... I love the fact that people, the, the perception of power is in the voter, the voting, the representative, yeah. that's, but, but it's really not because the power no. is in, like the legislative analysts, the revisor's office, those people who put the language and things together, they're the people who actually have the real power in how laws are written and often swung for or against. Mm -hmm. Really yeah. awesome stuff. Yeah. The difference... Well, just for, <laughs> Just for just for clarification for our, for our listeners too, for, as we're getting into this, public hearings anyone can come and speak, anyone can come and yes. talk to, uh, at however that's different from a work session because work session you have to be invited by a member of the committee in order to speak, in order to be there, in order to speak, yes, anybody speak. can go. Anybody can and go. I I will say that this is one question about the process in general I have had since it's moved to Zoom, um, because when work sessions are in person, someone who feels they might be able to contribute to the discussion in some way can go and be in the audience. And there would often be times where like the committee would ask, right? Is there someone in the room who can speak to this, right? And then you might raise your hand. Right. That's not happening currently in Zoom. Right now, they do have to think ahead as to who they want to speak to. Uh, and those people specifically get invited and given the Zoom link. So that is a little difference in process. That, that totally is. It kind of makes me think that those, you know, groups to do advocacy or groups who have a lot of say in a lot of these things need to really be on the ball and saying yes. to the legislators, hey, this is coming up. You might want to have me in the room just in case something comes up. So here I'll, I'll make I can make myself available for the work session. Right. I don't know right. the extent to which that's happening. I have no idea either, but I, I, I know last year in, so as, I mean, as you heard me say last time, right. Uh, so my, my thoughts and opinions on this, this podcast do not represent those of the organizations I work for. Um, but for one of the organizations I work for, I did have the opportunity to be involved in work sessions and I was directly asked to be there as a result of testimony. And I think that's typically how it happens. Mm. Um, and I think people like Hillary and, um, uh, kind of the liaisons from the department of ed also make suggestions for people to have in the room, right? I just, it is something I've been aware of that that is a difference in how things play out in zoom versus in-person work sessions. Anyway. Yeah. And it's also in the work session where, and this is, this is the thing that boggles my mind. And I've said this on the podcast before, um, this is how this podcast got started was the result of a work session because mm -hmm. 
with the proficiency-based diploma law, they were looking to completely abolish it. In a work session, they went into a caucus, came out, completely changed the bill, like complete new language, and then voted on it and then went forward with it, which boggled my mind. Like you had public hearing on completely different language. So there's been no public hearing on this language that you've now added in. But that can ha- that's one of the things that weird things that can happen in a work session is yes, it can completely change and people don't get a say in it. Right. That's a little right. And so that's up. yeah, that's the question I have. And so we can so let's get into what happened this past week because I can ask this question in relation to a couple um, yeah. a couple of the things that happened. All right. So on the 19th, we had work sessions for uh, LD 1780, which was the year-round pay issue. Yes. Um, for and that one actually got tabled because they want to get more information. One of the concerns was about um, if putting that into the law that they need to be given the option to have year-round pay, if that would unintentionally impact um, collective bargaining and have an impact on collective bargaining statutes. So they needed yep. to go ask and find out more about that. Um, still feels very much like for the most part, they were in favor of it, but felt that was a really important question to get asked before they went further. Um, then they talked about, uh, LD 1816, which was the act to promote labor education. Um, and there were a couple of amendments to it. I did not catch what the amendments were. Um, and then they did voted. And so seven passes amended and five not to pass. Um, uh, yeah, the amendment um, just added a little bit of language to be c- consistent with like board of trustees. So it was governance, it was, it right? Was yeah. Nothing really significant to the no, to yeah, the bill. It wasn't yeah. one of those, like we were just talking about one of those bills that just kind of all of a sudden changes <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah, it didn't change everything. Um, and then they had a work session on 1838, uh, the act to improve student access to transcripts and diplomas. And again, uh, this has been tabled to seek more information. There seems to be um, concern around being able to distill the types of fees. And uh, some some of the community members noted that not rep- there were not representatives from all of the post-secondary institutions in Maine available to speak and share kind of how they do things, right? Right. Um, so it, in order for them to come up with something that seems fair uh, and reasonable, they wanted more information about how different systems in the state um, break down fees, keep track of of kind of what kinds of fees, is it fees or tuition? Is it parking fees? Is it library fees? Um, So around that. So that one was also tabled. Um, So here's kind of like my, my questions are, when something is tabled, can the public then add new testimony, right? Or new comment? Um. Testimony, probably not. I don't. Okay. I don't believe so because testimony is, has has already been been collected. Although it, I guess it wouldn't couldn't hurt 
to to do it, but whether or not it gets put into the official record, I don't know how that all works. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I don't know if this is this is a different information that I have, but I'm looking at it, and it says that there's a divided. They vo- voted on a divided report on this one now as well. Not reported out yet, but it's a, and I don't know what the the breakdown is because that. Oh, I do know what the breakdown is. On um, 1838. Austin, um. 18, what am I looking at? Wait a minute. Sorry, my computer. <laughs> I, th- I thought we were doing. I thought we were doing labor, the labor one. Oh no, I had moved on. But yeah, the labor one was divided. Yes, yeah, seven ought to pass as amended, and five ought not to pass. Yes. So, so that so that that, that for those who don't know that that'll be a fun one where they yeah. they, they you know ought not to pass it's going to go as amended ought to pass, but then there'll be people say, hey, we think ought not to pass, and then that'll go through the entire house, and they'll be voted yeah. on. Yeah. They get to vote on both because. I, which That's is so crazy it's just one of those fun but, fun things like again like if, if one person dissents it can be a uh, divided report and then both get voted on yeah so i'm sorry anyway i was looking at the wrong one that's okay no problem yeah so the transcript one's tabled um and so and this is where my wondering is is if something gets tabled and a you know an organization or an individual feels that they have information to share or has, you know, wants wants to try to communicate or influence the committee or a particular legislature. What's the what's the course of action? Is there a course of action at this point? Um, it's just a wondering I have. Other than trying it's, to contact a representative individually, right, and be like, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know if there's a formal process or anything for that now. I have I have no clue. Maybe I, something I, for us to research and find out. We can reach out to uh, the clerk and uh, yeah, find we, out. We can do that, or we can have our listeners just tell us. They That's probably, true. They, if you know, they tell probably us. know. Tell us because <laughs> you know it would require it would require us to go do work, and you know that's that's not on brand for us. Well. <laughs> All right, it's not on By brand for me. Nature of me. <laughs> might have to change a little. Uh, oh goodness. So All that right. was so that the, was the 19th. That was the 19th. And then the 20th, we had some more. Yeah. Some more uh, session. Um, they actually started off with the GEA report, which is kind of just a big old this is what we've been up to report from the DOE. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, right? That's the best way to explain what it is. Um, yep. So then the commissioner comes on and basically says, all right, TLDR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, too lazy, didn't read. Um, and too long, didn't read. And uh, <laughs> goes into all the stuff that DUE's been doing. Yeah. And, and some needs, right? And so uh, some of the discussion that came up um, afterwards highlighted the senior leadership shortages at the DOE, um, that there were questions around what a whole child approach means. Um, And so the commissioner talked through kind of how it's about focusing on social emotional learning, interdisciplinary thinking, project-based learning, everything that makes a human a human, not just um, academics. 
Can I say, uh, can I say as, 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 a, as an educator and a person who believes very firmly, strongly in that whole child approach to education, hearing that being talked about at the ed committee level from the, from the commissioner of education mm-hmm. was friggin' awesome. It's great. It's very It was good. so nice to hear that it wasn't about accountability. It wasn't about, you know, uh, budgets and other things like that. Right. It was just about, no, here's why we do this. And here's what we think it should be. And here's what our goals, our vision, our purpose is. And let's not forget that. And yeah. then design the, build a system towards that. I was just like, hell yes. It's good. It's very, very good. Um, and then, so what happens next with this is that the committee kind of puts forward a report to the whole legislature and that's due March 15th. And they can make recommendations for uh, future future legislation or future actions or future studies in that report. So right. we will watch and see if anything comes from that. Sure will. Then they moved on to a work session. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Let's start with, they, they looked at uh, LD 1389, an act to improve maritime education in Maine. And- Oh, um, this was interesting. The, I, <laughs> nothing circles the wagons more than a couple of items in our, uh, that I found one, anything to do with immunizations and vaccinations. That's going to get people yeah. to come out of the woodworks to a testimony and anything to yeah. do with uh, char- like charter type schools. Yeah, so this is a magnet school. I, right. I had to do some research around this one because I was like, okay, not a charter magnet. I know what magnets are. I grew up in New York, um, so I'm familiar, but this is not that same kind of magnet school. <laughs> like it's, yeah, so um, I guess the gist is, is that uh, there was a sunset clause for the ocean school, which used to be called something else. Um, that would have the school closing at the end of this legislative session. And the issue is, is that they were asking for it to be extended. It's been extended, I want to say four times, three or four times already. Um, Always with the same questions, same concerns, same kind of tasks to go forward. And apparently not much has changed, at least from the perspective of the Ed Committee. Um, And they're hoping to figure out what happens next with the Ocean School. And I think uh, that was also tabled because there's kind of, there was, um, there was, maybe conflict or disagreement around whether or not the legislature should establish a work group or if the board of the ocean school can just go do the work that they would have the work study, you know, the study group do <laughs> like, um, and the ocean school, their point was like, well, we could do that, but we don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of what the legislature will accept right. or not accept. So they would like to have collaboration. Yeah. Um, so I expect that there will be some kind of solution to this that does not involve like a legislated study group. So 
it sounds this is another one of the of the bills so far that they've heard five or six, you know, six or so bills work session to this point, and they've they're basically tabling them all so far, except they voted on one. Um, well, there right. were two other work sessions on the 20th. There were total three on the 20th. Two of those were tabled. One um, was ought to pass. Right. As, as amended. So um, 1802, check. I think you've got the report out there, but 1802 yeah. was ought to pass as amended. Um, and the amendment is removing the 1,000 student exception. We can go more into depth on that one. And then 1845 was was tabled. Yeah. So, I mean, and 1802 was the one where um, reorganization plan for our RSUs. Yes. And then 1845 was the act to amend education statutes, which was this, I don't know, I guess the word would be omnibus. Omnibus was what they were using. Yes. Omnibus, omnibus bill. Because <laughs> um, it has... But it has just a lot of, you know, like statute, like legal changes, making sense of language, and et cetera. And I, yeah. I, I want to go back and read through some of that because there's some stuff about um, the graduation and diploma that they're changing, that they're they're adding in there. Like it's they're, they're they're focusing on the years side, like four yeah. years for a diploma. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas the the current statute says two years, um, or something like that. And I thought that the the statute i know i know the statute says uh four years or standards equivalent because that was the right that right. was the the middle ground that was met so to what extent does the, their, their new language and i haven't done the reference the new language actually meet that whole or meeting standards equivalent because then if a student meets high school equivalency in two years like them, it's like, why can't they have it? Right. Why can't they have that diploma and then start working on things in school for either dual enrollment or start taking college classes college. through the high school? I'm not saying get rid of the students, but I'm saying we now work yeah, in a different where, way. That's where the pushback will come. That's where the pushback comes. Right. Is you're just going to put them out on the street. No. No, 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 we're saying give them their diploma and let them move on to other things while still in the school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's a good question. That if, was not one of the discussions they focused on. If Doogie Hauser could do this in the uh -oh. 80s, <laughs> why can't this happen in 2022? <laughs> I believe Doogie Hauser might have fallen under science fiction. <laughs> you can make an argument not, but... Uh, that's just yeah. the synthesizer uh, uh, theme song playing out. That's all that was. Now I got it <laughs> stuck in my head. And if you know the theme song, it's now stuck in your head too. Yep, and you're is. welcome. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, well, so I think we should talk about one of the issues that came up during this, during yeah. uh, 1845. Specifically, it had to do with a comma and a word. <laughs> a comma? and a word a comma and a word so is this like the um, new wordle game I, i've even played it wordle? is yeah it's just like wordle <laughs> so in the statute that needed to be updated to match the most current revision of science standards in the state of maine 
it needed to be changed from science and technology to science and engineering because that is what the standards are titled. And first a comma was put, it was put science comma engineering, which implies that they are two separate sets, which they are not. And that was a revisor's office mistake because they didn't know that. Right. So the comma easily fixed, other people had picked up on it. <laughs> Um, but then there was concern about removing the word technology. And there is at least one representative who would like the word technology to stay in for it to read science, technology, and engineering. Um, the concern amongst members of the Ed Committee that tried to explain this, and my concern for sure, and a concern of a lot of people, mm. is that doing that would effectively create a whole new set of standards because there are not a set of technology standards in the state of Maine. The only reason oh, yeah. why the word was ever there is because that's what the science standards were called. And now they're called science and engineering. Um, I mean, could we add, I mean, well, instead of, instead of technology, could we say things like the science of computers or computer science? Could we do something along that line? And, <laughs> oh, wait, that came up before too. And that didn't go very well. Right. Because there's right. a process so, for adding standards. There's a process for adding standards and it is, it is not by uh, language and statute that one yeah. would do that. The, 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 the funniest part about this for me is that the entire point of this bill was to clean up the language yeah. in the statute for, based on yes. prior legislation. And what this person was actually trying to do was make the language more complicated and make it more, more muddy. Unintentionally, yeah. had really, oh, totally had unintentionally, really yeah. great, it, it, yeah. uh, really you know had had the the heart in the right place, but yes. sometimes it's the head you got to worry about, and yeah. it was it was one of those moments. Like, yep, yeah, I hear you, absolutely, technology is an important part, but not here, not here, not, and not, it not is now. an important piece of the acronym STEM, which is wildly embraced in the education community. Um, yes. But this is this is one of those examples where uh, language and grammar can have serious implications. <laughs> can you just ima can you imagine the windfall that would have, like all of a sudden, oh. that, like that, like oh my gosh! In in this era of of over exhaustion and right. yes, and I'm just, sure there was panic. And then I'm just sure. say, oh, I nope. had a moment of panic listening. I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> so you've added technology. Now we have to go through the process of creating technology standards. Do we create them or do, are we going to adopt them? And right. I don't Ooh. even want to think about I'm not. Stop. Stop. We're not going there. It's not going to happen. Do I dare mention uh, assessment if in terms of that? Like it's right. Are we going to assess? How do we assess tech? Yeah, it's, it's, um, that is a, you know, the butterfly wing causing a tsunami. All right, so <laughs> so that was uh, the week. Lots of tabling. Lots of tabling, and and here, Lots I, I mean, tabling. with the with the, with the tabling, that's fine. That's all. That's all dandy. This is a short session. Yeah, it's they've very only got short. a couple of like they don't they've they've, they've got more and more bills coming. They, this is what the mm -hmm. end committee does. 
they start off slow. Like, yes. oh, I'll do a couple of bills here, couple there. Oh, we'll table it. We got time. And then in like the last three weeks, they're doing nine hours a day. <laughs> Seriously, it gets crazy. And I, I believe it was, uh, was it would some, someone made the comment that uh, the second session is only supposed to be for, you know, new bills or emergencies or carryovers and concern that some of the bills that have come forward don't fit into either of those categories. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we'll we'll keep we'll keep track of things. We'll see when things get voted on and decisions get made and things get brought right. back up. But I mean, yeah, uh, six bills, four tabled. That's that that says what 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 things are like in the Ed Committee right now. But still, not having the information, which at the end is also strange, because if these bills were carried over from last session, as you were just saying, right, you should right. have so the not, info. You should have the info, not have the yeah. Um, and I mean, maybe this is what legislating in a pandemic is like, <laughs> maybe, you know, everybody's, everybody's a little overwhelmed. So, uh, let's talk about next week. Yeah. We've got a couple of things going on next week. We got a public hearing happening on the 25th and then a work yeah. session on the 27th. Yes. Uh, because Wednesday is a full legislature session. Woohoo. Uh, woohoo. Um, and they will be in person in Augusta for that. So incredible. That's that is incredible. We'll see what happens there. All right. So what's so Monday public hearing? We've got one, two, three, four bills up. An act regarding the main school safety center, which yeah. is eight. 1870. What do you do? You know anything about this? So one? yeah, presented by uh, Representative Corey out of Winford. Uh, Winford, sorry, Wyndham, <laughs> co-sponsored by <laughs> Representative McCray out of Fort Fairfield. Um, and this uh, bill, uh, what it does is the um, main DOE created a new school mm -hmm. safety center program. Right. Um, as part of the, the change of the, pan, the pandemic or part of the new, new, the new, new commissioner, new administration. And so what this bill does is it, quote, details the purposes of the DOE's main school safety center. It describes the staff of the center and the services for which they are responsible, end quote. Great. Makes sense. So kind yeah. of just uh, codifying what has happened. Well, yeah, what's what's interesting about this, too, is by putting it into statute, mm -hmm. it, it's going to make it that much more permanent. Yeah. And it might not necessarily, it would be harder to get rid of if like a new administration were to come in and want to mm -hmm. make sweeping changes about the different areas. So I I, yeah. I I see what they're doing here. I haven't seen any other bills like this for other newer parts of the department like the office of innovation or no school yeah, safety support or school and supports um right my but, my guess is there won't be a lot of opposition to this though this one not at all this yeah. one will fly right through right i i expect most people see the value in this yeah this all right yeah great <laughs> Uh, What's the so next then one? after that, 
Um, you wanted to talk about the, let's talk about um, 1893, the act regarding a use of student athletes name, image, likeness, or autograph. Yeah, LD 1893. Uh, this one- sports person? Do you follow uh, sports? I, 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 I used to big time. I used okay. to be like really into uh, the NFL in particular. Um, but I just, I've just kind of been like, meh. Like most things in my life have been like, meh. Meh, yeah. Oh, um, I asked because I never have been. And so um, I probably lack <laughs> some, you know, schema to really fully understand this. I get it. I think it's about like, basically a college can't tell a student that they can't be sponsored, right? It's like right. essentially what it's coming down to. So there's been this whole movement about is there college athletics too, because, yeah. um, you know, uh, college athletics programs are major cash cows for universities. Of course. And the student athletes get nothing. They're often broke. They're, right. they're you know, they're, they're going around, they're maybe not having enough food to eat for the week. Whereas, yeah. You know their their coach is making you know seventy hundred million dollars. Yeah, um, they're getting nothing, and they're getting they're getting all this money off of these athletes' names and off these athletes' works uh, and, and things. And they're full on adults; they're not like True. minors. So this there's been this big movement to say, well, maybe it's time for these people to actually get paid. We we get the under we understand the want the, the conflict of interest, bringing that back up. I want to make sure right. that that's not there, but at the same point they shouldn't be living in squalor and putting them their lives in danger their health in danger when they're bringing yeah. so much to the university and the university community so do you think that there will be opposition to this or do you think it'll be mostly uh support i uh, this i think there'll be i i, I honestly i don't know um, yeah. I, I'm fairly certain there will be opposition to this, though. Um, what, why? What is the what? What is the opposition to it? The oh, I'm, I'm, I hate myself for saying this, but the opposition is going to come from where most opposition comes from in general, which is this is new. This is how we haven't done things in the past. Okay. No, we can't do this. This gotcha. is not going to be right. Um, so it's like. I, that's where I see the opposition happening. And there'll be a lot of reasons. There'll be a lot of historical reasons for why they shouldn't do it and why pay and for conflict of interest and corruption and students and athletes and potential. Okay. There'll be all of that that gets thrown up. Um, yeah. yeah. For a little bit of history, once to go back to some real history, watch the movie Blue Chips from the okay. mid to late 90s uh, with... Uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Anthony Hardaway and the whole other bunch of people that, that talked about um, pay and student uh, and, and colleges and how that all can be problematic. But also it's like, no, but the, anyway, that's, that's an old reference to a movie. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'll be curious to, to learn as I'm, as I hear about that one. Like, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see where that one goes. I, I, I do find the topic interesting. I don't know what that that really doesn't have a whole lot of anything to do with PK twelve education. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, that's that. You know, yeah, they, they cover 
secondary education sometimes do, and sometimes cultural affair things, which has nothing do. to do with education. We don't do culture. We no culture. No, no culture. culture. All right. Well, uh, another another to- public hearing is LD eighteen eighty, an act to provide textbook cost assistance yes. for high school students enrolled in early college courses. Yeah. Uh, presented by Representative O'Neill out of Saco, bunch of different co-sponsors on there, several of which uh, directly from the Ed Committee. And mm-hmm. what it does is it establishes a textbook cost assistance fund. Yeah. Or exactly that. I think this is a great idea and it's going to go right to appropriations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I wonder about it. I think on the surface, it looks great. Why not? help with the cost of textbooks. I wonder how much of a how much of a burden is this that it's how necessary is a fund like this given all of the other needs right. in education? Uh, right. So I do wonder about that. Um, I wonder if it's potentially uh, does it set up any kind of precedent that people would be worried about? Um, for supplying programs for mater- uh, materials for programs. Yep, it's all. It also presents an equity issue. You know, the schools that have more are there more schools in certain areas, socioeconomics areas, et cetera, that have different levels of access to early college courses. And w- so, if there are funds that are going to certain areas than others, what does that say about the equity distribution of funds in our state? And um, but then again, to what extent is this issue a reason why some students don't take these classes? And so right. this hump could be taken over. I mean, I, I, I go back to one of the main reasons why the Maine State of Maine adopted the SAT all those years ago, because mm-hmm. to eliminate that cost, it was right. it was seen as a like one of those benchmark moments, one of those you know gateways in order to get to the next level. Everyone has to do it, so let's eliminate that cost give everyone an opportunity to do it and open the door for more college access to everybody. I like the thought. And then there was so much more about it. I didn't like, but um, mm-hmm. that's, 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 that could be a potential here as well. Yeah. So I think lots of questions. Yep. Um, a lot of questions. A lot of questions. <laughs> do we want to take bets as to how many of these are going to get tabled? Uh, oh. and then <laughs> I, I'm all right with that. We can we can we can do a little, we can throw a little wager down. Um, well, let's talk about the last one, and then maybe we'll we'll set a wager for tabling versus tabling. Uh, the last one will be the resolve to establish a pilot program to encourage climate education in Maine public schools, and this is LD nineteen o two. We've got Representative Bloom of York as a sponsor, and I believe there were some others. Yep. Whole bunch. Uh, Woodsum, Brennan, Dunphy, Hepler, McRae, Pebworth, Maxman, and more. Like all around the state. Yeah, lots of sponsors. Um, and what this one basically does is it, it sets up um, the Climate Education Professional Development Pilot Program, a three-year pilot program through the DOE. Um, provides $3 million in one-time funds for grants to school districts to partner with nonprofit community-based organizations uh, to create and implement teacher training in next-gen science standards and interdisciplinary climate education. Right. 
Um, I, I love, and I think that this is a, this is a fantastic idea and it's going to be, I'm going to love to hear what the folks are going to say in public hearing about it and testimony and the discussions about it. Cause this is so fascinating to me mm -hmm. um, that it is a, it's a grant program right. that is going to allow for the addition and use of climate science and education to be brought to the forefront, to the head and intentionally in our schools and our school systems um, to be integrated in and to figure out, hey, how might we do this? How might we bring this in? And in order to do that, we're going to have partnering with, with local or community or organizations, whether businesses or other organizations that are fantastic. And then the questions arise, you know, do what, if you're in a very rural community, don't have access to those community connections, how do you make those connections? To what extent is this accessible, truly, these grants truly accessible to all districts in Maine? So it, so this, this will be a fascinating one to hear. Um, it is a resolve. So it's just, it's just creating another either study or this is a pilot program. This is just creating something along those lines in order to um, get this conversation started in education in and in the education climate uh, world to get this conversation started on climate, climate studies, climate science, et cetera. Um, and the public hearing, uh, again, scheduled for January 25th is gonna be fascinating on this one. The last thing I wanna say about this one, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but this is a resolve and we have a long history on this podcast uh about Resolves, and we've been fan of resolves because resolve you are resolved to do something, and you take you're taking a stance on this, and you're saying we're going to do this. We want to make not just tonight, but we are resolved in these efforts, and we're going to prove that by saying whereas this and this is because of this because of that, and there are no whereas. No, not a single one. Not, not a, single a single whereas. whereas. And so, where oh where have the whereas is gone? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they just got too confusing. Anyway, I, I'm, oh. I'm, I mean, this has a $3 million bill on it. Yep. It's, it's adding $3 million to the annual budget. That's, I believe uh, that's or is often it a red flag and uh, kind of like a red shirt. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Bring it back sports. So that brings us to the 25th. Do you want to take any wagers on uh, on how many will be tabled? Mm, I think that I'm going to say they're not going to table any next week. Wow. Okay. I'm so, saying they table two. Oh, well, you know what? These are all public hearings. So we, we've got a while until the work session for those. So, but... You think, you think two of them will get when they eventually get. Okay, so Thursday on the work session, they're coming back to the transcripts one and coming back to education statutes. So uh, hopefully we'll get to hear next week if we have to write a new set of standards for technology. <laughs> and uh, if, if I'll be able to get my, my graduate transcript even though I have a $20 parking fee. I don't really. <laughs> I have all my transcripts. 
Except for one, one of my, my, one of, this is so, I'll have to tell my history to you all one day, but one of the colleges I attended for undergrad, the one I actually got my degree from doesn't exist anymore. Me too. What do we do then? <laughs> I, yeah. I have a transcript from the, from a, the college of Santa Fe out in New Mexico that I got with some teacher classes, teacher training work. Not there anymore. No, mine was Green Mountain College in Vermont. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Amazing. Well, maybe one day Matt and I will be able to secure our undergraduate transcripts if we ever need to. But until then, we will keep listening to uh, the Ed Committee and keeping you all updated. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on the Twitter sphere if you want to find out information there uh, at Mainnet Matters. You can follow uh, me at Drew at Card. You can follow Courtney at Belowland C. You also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash main education matters. And that's the last time we have a website. It's out there somewhere. I don't know what the web it is. It's a weebly. We might fix it up someday. I don't know. Uh, we're doing a real whole reorganization internally with our web team and our uh, social media team. So we're doing some, some major uh, repurposing and, and rebrand refurbishing of that, that group. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you and we'll... Talk to you later.